You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nahumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a, another edition of JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matis Weingast. I'm your host. And uh, today is Sunday, May 25th, 2014. It's the 25th day in the month of ER, 5774. 50, <laughs> 40th day in the counting of the Omer. Daf Yomi is uh, Daf 17 in uh, Rosh Hashanah. It is 53 degrees outside right now here in the north New Jersey area, going up to a high of 79, then dipping down to 72, 62 rather, <laughs> 62. And it's going to be partly sunny all day in Yerushalayim. It's 77 degrees going down to 57, and it's going to be clear and sunny all day long. I uh, hope you had a, a good Shabbos and a good uh, good week. Since we last joined with you and you joined us last Sunday, uh, of course, uh, one of the uh, major news stories is the shooting in Brussels, the killing of uh, three people in Brussels at the Jewish Museum, which occurred yesterday. We found out about it after Shabbos. Uh, following the news from Israel today at about 8.15, I will be joined on the air by uh, Mr. Phil Carmel. He is the special advisor for European policies and communities, for the um, excuse me, for the uh, European uh, for the European Jewish Congress, and uh, he is uh, he's going to join us to give us the latest update on that. We'll also touch upon the report that there was a beating of two Jewish brothers outside of a synagogue in Paris, uh, which occurred. So uh, we'll talk about both those things this morning with uh, Phil Carmel at about 8.15, following our news from Israel. And uh, there are other big news items of the day involving Israel. The Pope is visiting there today, and I'm sure we'll hear about an update about that uh, from our news correspondent, Hannah Levy-Julie, in the 8 o'clock. We're going to be playing a lot of uh, upbeat music today. It is a week before, just about a week before uh, Shavuos, and uh, tomorrow's Memorial Day. It's a federal holiday here in the United States. Mayor Furtick is going to be sitting in for Nachum Siegel on the JM and the AM tomorrow, so that gives Nachum a, a day off. Although I know he won't be, uh, he won't be just uh, just lounging around. He'll be very busy. And uh, we'll be here till 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, right here on 
J.M. Sunday. And thank you so much for joining me. Let's go right to the music. We have up uh, you know, a bunch of different things from all over the place. We're going to start with Baruch Hashem from Ari Goldwag right here on J.M. Sunday.
ladies and gentlemen, David Gabe.
That was Mitzvah Gadola from the Miracles album of Shlomo Simcha. Good morning, everyone. My name is Matis Weingast. I'm here with you on a Sunday morning, the 25th of May, 25th of ER, 5774, 40th day in the counting of the Omer. <clears throat> it is 53 degrees outside right now, heading up to a high of 79 degrees here in the northern New Jersey area of the United States. Tomorrow is a, a, is a, a federal holiday here in the United States, Memorial Day. So uh, many, uh, uh, well, pretty much all government 
offices will be closed and most banks and uh, postal service and whatnot. It is the unofficial start of the summer here in the United States. Before uh, Shlomo Simcha, we heard Sandy Shmueli. We heard from uh, David Gabay from Hask. We heard Lipa Schmelzer and Ari Goldwag opened up our uh, show this morning here on the Nachum Siegel Network, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hope you all had a uh, good Shabbos and a good week. The uh, sad news yesterday, we heard after Shabbos, of the uh, killing of three people in Brussels at the Jewish Museum. It certainly was uh, shocking. The uh, We'll get the latest update about this from uh, from Phil Carmel, who um, who is the special advisor on uh, European policies and communities for the European Jewish Congress. He'll join me at 8.15 and uh, tell us what's going on in the investigation and what they know at the, up to this point. So that's exclusively right here on the JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network, coming up at 8.15 after the news from Israel. We'll have morning chizah coming up in just a uh, just a minute or so. If you're studying Daf Yomi, Rosh Hashanah, Daf 17 is what uh, we're up to today. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to start with Rosh Hashanah, it's not a very long Masechta, and uh, it will end in a couple of weeks, on uh, actually on about June 12th. So you could pick up uh, Tanis, which is the next one, on uh, on that next day, in a, in a couple of weeks. Or you can just start now, it doesn't matter. You can jump in the middle. The um, the temperature outside in Israel, in Yerushalayim, is 77 degrees, going down to 57 tonight. So it'll be a, a drop, but uh, it's uh, sunny and clear, and that's the way it's expected to be later on uh, and for the rest of the evening. We're going to go to morning chizuk, uh, just a drop early, and, uh, and we'll continue with more music. So at this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday morning, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Alizecha Nishmas, Rav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavetz Chaim observes that the Geula Shalema, the final redemption, is a hope in the heart of every Jew. Klal Yisrael should never despair of its arrival, nor should we lose heart by contemplating that if the earlier generations, who were perhaps worthier of redemption, and they didn't merit the Gula, so how is it possible that we will earn it? The reason that Klal Yisrael is in Golos, as it says in Yeshaya, it is for your sins that you have been sold. It's explained in Daniel, Hashem decrees a specific number of years in Golos, and there are trials and tribulations that expunge our Averus, and gain a pardon for Klal Yisroel. Once the decree is fulfilled in its entirety, the Geula is forthcoming. In order to merit the redemption at an earlier time, Klal Yisroel would need additional schuyos, merits, to absolve us of our debt, the Averis for which we have not merited forgiveness. Ultimately though, even if we don't merit the Geula because we don't have the schuyos, still... The time limit for the Golos, when it expires, like the years of the Jewish slave servitude, we will be freed. The great Sadik Rav Moshe Leib of Sosov, used to travel from city to city to collect money for Achnos's Kala. 
On one journey, he was accosted by a band of robbers. It was in the forest between two cities. They encircled him, and they were ready to kill him. All of a sudden, the head of the bandits called out, Wait a minute, that is the great rabbi of Sasov. I will not allow anyone to harm him. The bandit in command had once been a poor man. He went from door to door to support himself. When he came to the marketplace in the city of Broad, he was told that anyone that goes to the rabbi's house will be greeted with compassion. Ramoshaleb gave him bread and soup. He comforted him, gave him words of encouragement. The robber recalled the kindness that the great Sadiq had accorded him. He told Ramoshaleb that one of the members of their group had learned Torah in his youth. Ramosha Leib right away wanted to speak to him. However, when he asked him a question in the Gemara, the man couldn't answer. Ramosha then asked him a question in Chumash. Again, the man could not answer. Humiliated, the group decided that this young robber deserved a serious lashing, and they began to hit him and beat him. Deeply troubled by this turn of events, Ramosha Leib began to beg for mercy Eventually, they let the young robber alone, but ordered him to escort Ramoshaleb to the next town. As they walked, Ramoshaleb engaged the man in conversation, and he persuaded him to leave the band of robbers and return to his roots. He was curious. He wanted to understand how the young man had withstood so many heavy blows of the rest of the band of robbers. The young man answered, Ah! Oh, we thieves are accustomed to the punishment. We often hit each other. We get into fights. And sometimes the police beat us in order to get information. Each time I am struck, I think to myself, they can't hit me forever. This must be the last strike of the whip. Ramoshaleb would often repeat this to Yidin who came to him to tell him of their bitter tsaros. He explained that the measure of their Yisurim may have already been meted out, and the very next day might possibly bring the Geula. After all, you cannot be hit forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Tzana is a classic, an Israeli classic, and uh, you're listening to it here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It's the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network, and it is located at 42 West 18th Street in New York City. The number to call there, 1-800-223-2500. Adorama has everything that you need by way of electronics and much, much more. So give them a call, visit them, look them up online, and get everything that you need from Adorama. Let them know that you heard it right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Again, the number is 1-800-223-2500. 1-800-223-2500. Sunday, May 25th, 2014, 25th of ER, 5774. Rosh Chodesh Sivan coming up this, uh, this Friday. In, uh, let's see, also to, to remind you, when you get a chance and go to Facebook, if you have Facebook, please like our Facebook page, JM Sunday, and you can get uh, get on that list over there, and we appreciate it. Tomorrow is a federal holiday here in the United States. It is Memorial Day. Nachum will be off, and Mayor Fertig will be sitting in for Nachum on JM in the AM, starting at 6 AM, bright and early. Right after the... Um, Right after JM in the AM, exclusively on the stream on NachumSiegel.com, Mayor Weingarten will host another live edition of The Israel Show. And I happen to know it's going to be a great edition, as it always is, but I know some of the things that will be included tomorrow. And uh, it's something to look forward to, as always. Then uh, Tech Talk for, uh, with the Arya Lightstone follows 
Mayor's Israel show on the stream. Great program it continues all day long today here on uh, on the uh, stream on NachumSiegel.com. The uh, as Nachum mentioned last week, the new app is being officially launched in the coming days, and uh, if you have not yet uh, downloaded the app to your smart device. Go ahead and do so, and uh, if you have it, make sure it's updated. You can go to NahumSiegel.com, where you can find out all the different ways of downloading the app to all the different devices. And you can also look at our schedule for uh, the network and get some information. So make sure that you uh, take a few minutes and go there also, see what's uh, what's up. The, uh, the news from Israel is coming up in just a few seconds. Uh, following the news from Israel will be joined by uh, Phil Carmel. He is a special advisor on European policy and communities to the European Jewish Congress. He'll fill us in on uh, the latest on-the-ground happenings in Brussels following yesterday's uh, killing of three people in the Jewish Museum. He'll also talk about the beating of uh, two brothers in Paris outside a synagogue. So a lot happening uh, happening there, and we'll get, to, uh, we'll get to all of that. But right now it's time for our news from Israel. Kana Levy-Julian is a senior Israeli correspondent and Middle Eastern news analyst. She's a former editor and contributing radio news broadcaster at Arutsheva. She joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Kana Levy-Julian. Well, good morning, Kana Levy-Julian. Are you there? Okay, we're going to... Uh, we're going to go to a little bit of music for a few seconds and see if we can reconnect with Hannah uh, Levy Julian, direct from Israel. You are listening to JM Sunday right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Try this once again. Good afternoon, Hannah Levy Julian. Are you there? Oh, we seem to have some technical difficulty with uh, getting Hannah Levy Julian on the air. We'll go back to the music and try to correct this momentarily. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah
Try to reconnect with Chana Levi Julian. Chana Levi Julian, are you there? Yes, indeed. Ah, good morning, and thank you for joining <laughs> us here on JM Sunday with the latest news from Israel. Good morning, Matis, to you. Saturday's terror attack on the Jewish Museum in Belgium has evoked a really strong reaction here in Israel. As you know, a couple from Tel Aviv died in the attack along with another victim. A fourth person was seriously wounded but is still hanging on so far. President Shimon Peres spoke with the head of the Belgian Jewish community, Morris Sosnowski. Uh, the Israeli president called on European leaders to act against any form of anti-Semitism that appears on the continent. Meanwhile, the Belgian Jewish leader told Mr. Peres it's clear that the attack was not a random incident, he said the Jewish Museum was an easier target because the Brussels facility was only was uh, the only Jewish center that was not housed in an exclusively Jewish building. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has come out hard against the attack. In his statement at the start of today's cabinet meeting, he aimed at what he called the endless incitement against Israel. The Prime Minister pointed out that certain figures in Europe are quick to condemn Israel for building apartments in Jerusalem. But when it comes to condemning the murder of Jews within Europe itself, they're not so quick, or the condemnations they make are weak. He added that slander and lies continue to be heard on European soil, even as the crimes against humanity that are being perpetrated elsewhere in the Middle East are systematically ignored. French President Francois Hollande also condemned the killings. He expressed his country's solidarity with Belgium and offered condolences to the families of the victims. European Union Foreign Policy Chief uh, Catherine Ashton added her condemnations as well, calling the attack dreadful and saying there must be no impunity for terrorism. She was joined by European Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso, who labeled it an attack on European values, which could not be tolerated. In other news, Israeli and Palestinian Authority leaders will apparently travel to the Vatican to meet with Pope Francis next month. That news was reported just a few minutes ago and comes just as the Pope is finishing the first leg of his visit here to the Holy Land. Pope Francis landed this morning in Bethlehem, where he led high mass in Manger Square. He also met with Chairman Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority 
and talked about the Vatican's warm relations with the state of Palestine. The Pope was expected to have lunch with residents of the Dahisha so-called refugee camp. The Arabs still call it a refugee camp, even though the community is now more than 40 years old, and several generations of PA Arabs make it their home, uh, with, complete with satellite TV dishes on nearly every rooftop, and have been since 1982. The Pope will arrive by helicopter at Ben Gurion Airport sometime this afternoon, where an official welcoming ceremony is expected to take place, attended by President Shimon Peres, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Knesset Speaker Yuli Edelstein, and other top officials. The Pope will then fly in his helicopter to Jerusalem, where he'll visit the Temple Mount, the Western Wall, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and the room known as the Seneca. It's also known as the Memorial to King David's Tomb, which is in the believed to be in the same complex and the place where Christians believe that the Last Supper was held. The Pope is expected to celebrate Mass in that same upper room tomorrow. In other news, the government has decided to establish a cabinet to deal with issues affecting Israel's Gentile population. This new cabinet will be headed by the Prime Minister. Mr. Netanyahu will be replaced by Science Minister Yaakov Perry when he cannot attend the meetings. Muslim terrorists in Tunisia stabbed a Jewish man in the chest. 38-year-old Gabriel Ozen, who is a jeweler and father of four, was attacked by a terrorist on the island of Jarba in Tunisia over the weekend. This is not the first time this has happened this year. Ozen was rescued by local shop owners when he was attacked Thursday in the uh, main market. His attacker was caught and turned into police, but they let him go after just one hour because Muslims threatened to riot if he was not freed. This was the second anti-Semitic attack in Tunisia this month alone. Sunny and warm for the rest of this week. Modern temperatures uh, in the morning and afternoon hours. Uh, seasonal and cool evenings in the afternoon and evening hours. That's the news. Hannah Levy-Julian for Jam Sunday. Thank you, Hannah Levy-Julian, for joining us here on Sunday mornings on JM Sunday. Uh, difficult news in Israel, of course, or uh, outside of Israel, but, you know, it affects uh, everybody in Israel with the shooting in Brussels. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by the Special Advisor on European Policy and Communities for the European Jewish Congress, uh, Mr. Phil Carmel. Uh, we'll be talking to him about what's going on right now in Brussels regarding the uh, investigation and what happened and also some other issues, as Hannah Levy-Julian just mentioned. So we're going to go to some music right here on JM Sunday. We're going to hear Avram Fried, and then we'll uh, hopefully pick up with uh, Mr. Phil Carmel. Thanks for listening, everyone. You are listening exclusively to the Nachum Siegel Network, JM Sunday, and we thank you so much for joining us right here on a Sunday morning.
That was Avraham Freed from the Chazak album, Hashata, here on JM Sunday, 8.18 in the morning, Eastern Time. Thank you for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matis Weingast. We're here till 9 o'clock this morning. It's the 25th of May, 25th day in the month of ER. Tomorrow's a federal holiday here in the United States. It's Memorial Day. So a lot of uh, companies are off, schools off, uh, banks closed, and... Uh, Nachum will be off. Uh, Mayor Fertig will be sitting in for Nachum tomorrow morning, bright and early on JM in the AM. And uh, he'll be uh, taking the show straight through till 9 o'clock, following which the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten will be exclusively on the stream right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. As we heard from the uh, during the news from Israel, the shooting in Brussels is generating an extremely strong reaction over there. And, of course, around the world, as we heard following a Shabbat around the world, the uh, the shooting in Brussels killing three people, two of uh, whom were a couple from Tel Aviv, and certainly a very shocking uh, event and a very sad event. Uh, joining me on the air right now is Mr. Phil Carmel, who is a special advisor for uh, the European Policies and Communities for the European Jewish Congress. I hope I got the title right. Good morning, Mr. Carmel. Welcome to JM Sunday. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm I'm sorry that we uh, first speak under these circumstances, uh, but I appreciate you joining us this morning, uh, representing and speaking for the European Jewish uh, Congress. The uh, shooting yesterday elicited the, the response from the Belgian Prime Minister. He said... Our country and all Belgians, no matter their language, origins, or religious convictions, are united in the face of this abhorrent attack on a Jewish cultural center. And he added that all efforts are in place to identify and arrest those who committed the crime. What can you tell us about the event and what is the latest in terms of capturing the person or persons who committed this atrocious crime? Well, the first thing I want to say is that I want to uh, send all our condolences to uh, the families and friends of the victims. We now have um, three victims, not four, apparently, according to most of the news, because uh, although there is one uh, seriously injured still still ill in hospital in a very serious condition indeed, and we wish him well, um, there were three people killed uh, yesterday at the site. As we know so far, the police are continuing with their investigations. There are obviously CCT cameras at the building, and they are conducting those investigations. There has yet to be an arrest, and that is obviously a great source of concern for us, that an armed man is wandering around here in the middle of the city, quite probably still, and is obviously still a current danger. Has there been uh, a, a, a po- positive isn't the right word, but has there been a strong enough reaction to this from the uh, local communities and from the government organizations? Uh, because there, you know, we hear in the media that uh, the European countries, many of them, are very quick to uh, condemn Israel for things and set a tone of perhaps anti-Semitism. Maybe that's a little bit too strong, but. Uh, has there been the appropriate reaction to this? Is, is it generating that from, from the governments? The problem is not generally the reaction. It's the, it's the lack of proaction. 
Mm-hmm. We've been calling for a long time for proper legislation to be put in place to make sure all the people who, who, who are involved in hate speech and in violence are prosecuted with the full force of the law. We've also insisted that protection at Jewish sites needs to be an absolute priority for governments and that they need to educate people to make sure that this hate crime does not start. That's the first issue. The second issue which you raised is about the general climate of anti-Israel feeling which drifts so easily into anti-Jewish feeling which creates a climate of hate so that people who are naturally unstable, who are naturally extremists, find a legitimacy within a society, whether that's in the media or whether that's because of anti-Israel opinion, whether that's about well, the delegitimization of Israel and about Jews, they can then find the kind of atmosphere which enables them to carry out these acts. And that's what's happening. That's what we warned against after Toulouse already two years ago, and we're seeing exactly the same situation in Belgium. If somebody wants to react against Israel or against Jews, they target a site and they kill Jews. That's what happened on the Shabbat. Right, absolutely. The president of the European Jewish Congress, Moshe Cantor, was quoted as saying that we are acutely aware of the permanent threat to Jewish targets in Belgium and across the whole of Europe, and that European governments must send out a clear message of zero tolerance toward any manifestation of anti-Semitism. You brought up the uh, the Toulouse shooting two years ago, and just yesterday, today, we're hearing about the beating of two brothers, two Jewish brothers, outside a synagogue in Paris. Uh, have you had reaction to that from any of the communities? We have had reaction uh, to that. There was a very strong reaction, which I read a couple of hours ago from uh, the president of France, Francois Hollande. Security has been beefed up, not just in Belgium, but very seriously in France over over the last 24 hours. I should explain a slight difference between what happened in Créteil, which is the little region in in the the Paris area where where the attack took place, and what happened uh, yesterday in in Brussels. Yes, please. Créteil is a very large Jewish neighborhood with about 40,000 Jews in the Paris region. It is a region where there are a lot of observant Jews and therefore a lot of very visible Jews. And Jews walk around the place clearly visible as Jews. And we have these kind of of incidents with with Jewish kids being attacked because they are Jews. The situation in Brussels is a little bit different than that. We're talking about something at a Jewish museum, which is a public building. It's open on the Shabbat, obviously, in the center of town where you don't see visible Jews for two reasons. One, because the Belgian community, or the Brussels community in particular, tends to be quite secular, so you don't have this visibility of Jews. And secondly, because Jews don't live in the center of town. But nonetheless, we should bear in mind, and I want you to just think about this and know your listeners and get an idea of what we're talking about. You can imagine that a shooting at a Jewish site at 3.50 in the afternoon on a Shabbat, you can imagine the thousands of Jewish kids who 
are at, Habonim Dror, and at B'nai Akiva, and the visiting family and friends that don't have phones, and, par- and parents are in a very heightened state of anxiety. That's the situation that we were faced with yesterday, and obviously the levels of concern amongst the, the community in Brussels are extremely high, particularly the fact that the guy has not been arrested yet. Right. I assume that the uh, that, that there's an all-out manhunt, as you said, for this person or persons involved, and you know it'll it'll be determined, and it'll be it'll come out what you know what, what was behind this person's mindset. But obviously, uh, as you said, going to a an institution like that on a Shabbat, uh, you know, clearly uh, is a is an anti-Semitic event, uh, and uh, could have been. Um, I don't know if it could have been prevented by what you said in terms of the uh, pre-action by the community, by, by the government officials, but uh, it certainly brings up the question and raises the question. I, I imagine, I assume, and again, I uh, apologize, this is the first time that we have you on the air in these circumstances, uh, but the European Jewish Congress, I'm sure, communicates with the government officials on these uh, on these issues. What do you tell them, and do they listen to you when you sit with them and say, we need to do things ahead of time? Well, I should tell you that as we speak, uh, Dr. Kanzer, the president of the EJC, or together with the president of the uh, Jewish community in Brussels, is meeting with the Prime Minister of Belgium, Elio Di Rupo, and also with the Interior Minister, Joel Milte. They are discussing practical issues which we hope will make sure that these things don't occur again. But we have to to say quite honestly that it's our view that there has not been prioritization regarding issues of security and tackling instances of hate speech, of stuff over the Internet, and stuff which also appears in Parliament even as well, in in the sense that anti-Israel hate speech so often and so clearly veers into this kind of anti-Semitic hate which targets local Jews. They have to do something about it. They haven't been serious enough. And it's not an accident at all, as far as we're concerned, that today, across 28 European countries, there are elections for the European Parliament. And all the issues about the rise of extremism and the rise of intolerance are all linked to this climate which allows hate speech to deteriorate into violence. You've seen it to yourself quite recently in the, the, in the, the United States so with what happened in Kansas City, that you have a guy who for 30, 40 years is playing around on the Nazi hate speech sites and organizations Quietly, so to speak, because his freedom of speech is obviously guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. And and that's a good thing. But ultimately, that amount of hate in somebody's mind leads to killing Jews. And we have to, we have to stress that point at every opportunity. Right. Perhaps that will come out even more now that the the simple speech, even though it's guaranteed as freedom, does have reactions in certain people, does have consequences because it creates a reaction in certain people's minds at least who feel empowered that they can go out and do something and uh, so far, you know, can get away with it. Hopefully this person will be captured very soon and punished severely. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now it's a, I hate to use this word, it's a success. And as we know with, with terrorism in general, 
uh, we have to be right uh, 100% of the time, and a terrorist only has to be right a fraction of the time to cause the terror and the destruction and the murder. Absolutely. I would like to just add something on that as well, that we've also, through the Security Crisis Management Center, which we have in Brussels, been in regular communication with the community and have been mobilizing all the trauma instruments that we have in terms of psychologists and medics and people who are involved, the rabbis who are involved in, in the psychological support of the community, because the point of terror is to instill a an atmosphere of fear that people don't run their lives on a normal basis in the way that they should. And we are trying to assure with the Jewish community that they cannot allow terror to win by us changing our lives. Society has to change. Government legislation has to change. But Jews have to assert the fact that they are Jews and not be ashamed to, or to live as Jews here or anywhere else. Very well said and an excellent message. And I encourage anybody that is, uh, I mean, certainly those that are living in, in Brussels, but anybody visiting as tourists, uh, obviously now this museum is not going to be open. But when you go there in the future, make sure that you go visit it and show that support and walk in there and say you are there because you are showing support and you are not afraid to walk in and uh, show your Jewish pride. Mr. Phil Carmel, I appreciate you joining us here this morning on JM Sunday. Uh, perhaps in the future we can speak with you about other issues that are uh, affected uh, and uh, are, are, that, that affects the Jewish community in Europe and the work that the European Jewish Congress does. Again, I thank you for joining us on this difficult day. Thank you very much indeed. Besor tovot. Besor That is. By Mr. Phil Carmel, Special Advisor on European Policies and Communities for the European Jewish Congress, joining us live on here on JM Sunday, discussing, as he did, the shooting yesterday in Brussels, and we thank him for joining us. It is uh, 8.32 in the morning, and uh, we are here till 9 o'clock. Great programming, of course, continues following JM Sunday, right here on the stream on NachumSiegel.com. We're going to go back to music. Here's Michal Przanski with Ashrecha right here on JM Sunday. Show no van 
Yad Elbaz with Mili Michelle Ruach right here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you on a Sunday morning. It's the 25th of May, 25th day in the month of ER 5774. If you're counting, if <laughs> today is the 40th day in the counting of the Omer, if you missed last night, please count sometime today. If you were on Dafyomi, then uh, we are on Rosh Hashanah, Daf 17, and uh, continuing along for the next few weeks until that ends. 8.39 in the morning here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It is uh, my pleasure and honor to welcome to the airwaves Betty Ehrenberg, who is the Executive Director of the World Jewish Congress North America and is also the head of the International Jewish Committee on Interreligious Consultations, otherwise known as IJSIC, and right now is in Israel together uh, with um, the on the Pope's visit. And we thank you, Betty Ehrenberg, for joining us here on JM Sunday. Good afternoon to you. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon from Yerushalayim. Ah, beautiful to hear. Uh, you know, we we uh, want to discuss uh, the Pope's visit and uh, the unfortunate happenings in Brussels. But let, let's start with the reason that you are there in Israel this time. You are together with the Pope on his uh, first visit to the Holy Land as Pope. How, how has it been going? What's been happening? Uh, everybody is very excited about this visit here. He is being greeted with such anticipation and such encouragement. Uh, the Israeli people are very, very welcoming and warm toward him. And uh, there's just really an air of festivity around all of this. He is uh, in the territories this morning where he is meeting uh, with uh, Christians there. This is an important statement on his part because, as you know, uh, uh, the Christian world has been uh, uh, suffering in recent years. Uh, there has been persecution of Christians in the Middle East, uh, persecution, attacks on Christian churches. So his presence here was very encouraging to them. And as you know, the Jewish community has been quite outspoken uh, against the persecution of Christians because we believe in religious freedom for everybody, not only for ourselves. Uh, he is coming tomorrow to Yerushalayim. He's going to meet with, uh, first he's going to Har Herzl. Uh, he's going to lay a wreath at the grave of Herzl. He is going to see Yad Vashem and have a tour there, a private tour with uh, 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 the leadership there and have um, uh, an Azkara. Uh, there, he's from all of to be a new Tarashit, so he will meet with the chief rabbis. And so there, from there, he's going to a, a reception at the home of uh, Shimon Peres, the president of Israel. After that, he is being prime minister in Netanyahu. So there is a great deal of enthusiasm around this trip. Sure, absolutely. Now, he did visit, uh, I believe he was coming from Jordan uh, this morning, and then, as you said, he's in the territories. Uh, we heard on our news from Israel at the top of the hour that he made a, a statement, basically, uh, uh, supporting the state of Palestine, uh, you know, he was in that area, and uh, we also heard that uh, I believe Palestinian and Israeli representatives will be traveling to the Vatican in the coming weeks to meet with him on uh, the goings-on in the peace process. Uh, do you feel that the, there's a, a reaction uh, that should be had towards you know, the comments that he makes in different areas, or you know, is that just part of being on the trip and going and meeting with everyone? 
Well, first of all, I think you have to realize that the Vatican recognized uh, Palestinians already a long time ago, so this is nothing new. It uh-huh. didn't come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, so that's, you know, not a, not a recent development at all. I think in terms of trying to um, make a statement, a universal statement of peace and justice, uh, I think he, uh, the Catholic Church has been doing that also for a long time, so that's also... Um, not a new development, but uh, I think that uh, this time there is, a, it seems to me, a sort of a broadening of inclusion of other faith groups as well. There are also meetings here. There's major meetings uh, between the Pope and the Greek Orthodox Patriarch, uh, Bartholomew. There seems to be a wide uh, statement here on the part of the Pope for uh, unity amongst the Christians uh, and kind of strengthening them so that they can stand up to, together with the Jews, others against the persecution of Christians around the world. Uh, the, there has been really almost no outcry, not in the United Nations, not in some other important international organizations against this. So I think this is really the major statement that's being made here. Absolutely. Now, as um, head of the International Jewish Committee on Religious Consultations, you work closely with the Vatican. Uh, you've met the Pope many times, uh, I know. And um, do you still feel that, as, as you know, everybody seems to feel, that he is very warm towards Israel and certainly towards the Jewish communities? Uh, in fact, I believe he's traveling with a rabbi and an imam from uh, from Argentina, I think it's the first time a pope this is the first time a pope has come to Israel with a Jewish uh, partner in tow and a Muslim partner in tow, and I think that's the main statement of this regarding this broad, this broad concern for religious security, religious safety uh, across the board. Um, we have had a very long-standing dialogue, the Ichkif uh, dialogue, with the Vatican is uh, more than 40 years old. And it has played really a major role in the establishment of bilateral relations between the Vatican and Israel. It has been something that we have been encouraging for the longest time, and we kind of like to take a little credit for it. Uh, nice. Uh, of course, amongst all the other Catholic leaders, uh, Pope John the Twenty Third and Pope John Paul, uh, Pope Benedict, certainly, certainly from New York, John Cardinal O'Connor, who was very instrumental in this. Um, you may notice, uh, you know, people sort of wonder, well, what is really the use of interfaith dialogue? Where does it leave us? Well, it's led us here in the Catholic Church uh, dialogue and, and, Catholic, and the Vatican Israel relations to quite a good place, considering where we came from, considering what it was. And, uh, and uh, this is really very important to us. Looking today, uh, we talk about uh, Israel, the Jewish people, we talk about problems with BDS, boycott, divestment, sanctions. Your, your audience is very up-to-date on what all of this means. Of course. The BDS these days is not coming from the Catholic circles. It is coming from other churches that are, uh, still have many problems to, to be worked out with. So we feel that this has really been very worth it. Although progress took many years, it was made in small increments and baby steps, if you will. But uh, I think uh, sometimes persistence and determination pays off, and uh, that's something that we as the Jewish people know about, and I think that we have to keep in mind and not, not throw our hands up. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to... Right, right. 
Absolutely, because uh, when when yeah. the comments come from the top, uh, leadership of the churches and the organizations uh, not to participate in it or that these things are wrong, you know, it has a tremendous effect. It's a lot different than when we just say it and try to convince people that there shouldn't be a, a BDS movement. Uh, you know, it makes sense on the on the grassroots and individual level, but it's a lot different when it comes to the top of their own organizations. And you know, we commend you, of course, on the work that you've done uh, in terms of that. And, yes, it is important to have that interfaith uh, dialogue. Um, I would love to spend more time on, on this visit, and perhaps we can, we can have you on in the future. But, I, unfortunately, because of the, uh, issue, uh, the, the situation that just happened in Brussels yesterday, uh, as I mentioned before, Betty Ehrenberg, you are the uh, executive director of the World Jewish Congress North America, and I would like to get your thoughts on the tragedy and the murder that occurred yesterday in Brussels, uh, which uh, seems to be, as, as our guest before uh, from the European Jewish Congress said, uh, is part of a climate, unfortunately, and, and is a, they feel is a result of this climate. What is your feeling about this? Well, I think uh, uh, your guest was absolutely correct. I think you're correct. Uh, there is a very worrisome, it's not alarming climate in Europe, uh, in recent years with the rise in anti-Semitic attitudes and anti-Semitic attacks, and this um, was very, very shocking. It's very shocking here in Israel and with a lot of coverage here in the Israeli uh, TV and press as well. Last night and this morning, the fact that um, there is a rise in political parties in many countries in Europe that have ultra-right uh, tendencies, uh, there are parties who call for boycotts against Israel. Uh, they act against Israel. And the thing is that when you have this kind of an atmosphere, it contributes to incitement. It contributes to anti-Semitism. And uh, you have the kind of attacks that we, that we witnessed in Brussels. People are talking about how it reminds them of the attacks that took place in Toulouse only two years ago with the attack on the Ultra-Rash uh, uh, School. This was very shocking. Uh, Brussels is a very sophisticated cosmopolitan city. It, uh, the mayor has spoken against it and said how appalling it is. The, the minister of the interior has been called an anti-Semitic attack right off the bat. No one is trying to make any kind of excuse for it. And there's a lot of worry on, on the part of the World Jewish Congress. We're doing a lot of work now. Uh, against these uh, anti-Semitic attitudes, against these political parties. We find it in Greece with the Golden Dawn Party. We find it in Hungary with the Yubik Party. In France, there is the problem with uh, the Le Pen Party. And this is, uh, we are worried about uh, there will be elections soon in the European Parliament, and we are worried that uh, these ultra-right ultra -right parties may have more candidates elected there. And so this is... Uh, uh, very shocking and extremely worrisome. Right, absolutely. The vigil has to be kept up all over, and uh, it's unfortunate that, that this occurs, obviously, and our hearts go out to the uh, families, the Tel Aviv couple uh, from Israel, and the uh, I believe it was an employee of the museum who was... Um, who was yes. killed, and uh, there's a fourth person in critical or, or, or serious condition. Uh, I guess before Phil Carmel said that that person is yes. expected to survive, 
but uh, you know it's still yeah. it's it's just and it was a shocking event within that community also uh, Brussels has uh, yeah. I believe 20,000 Jews in that in that area out of about 40,000 in the entire country. Betty Ehrenberg, I, I want to thank yeah. you again for joining me, especially on such short notice. And I know you're tremendously uh, busy over there. Uh, please send our regards to the Pope. You know, if he wants to join us on JM <laughs> Sunday, he's welcome to. Um, but, uh, you know, continue your good work, and we hope to uh, have you on thank again you. and discuss everything. Have, thank have, you for having me. You're welcome. Have a great time Take in Israel. Thank you for all the good work you do. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. in the morning here on JM Sunday, Betty Ehrenberg, uh, Executive Director of the World Jewish Congress of North America and uh, Chairperson of of, uh, IJSIC. Thank you very much for joining me this morning here on on JM Sunday. So much going on. We're going to go back to the music, finishing up the show. Uh, Here is um, Ohad Moskowitz with uh, Malchuska right here on JM Sunday.
song pile and uh, came up with uh, came up with uh, Sherwood Goffin from the Neshama album with Baruch HaMukam. Figured we'd end the show with that song right here on JM Sunday. My thanks to Betty Ehrenberg of the uh, World Jewish Congress uh, North America and uh, of uh, IGSIC on uh, her, her trip to Israel with the Pope. And my thanks to uh, Phil Carmel of uh, the European Jewish Congress, who joined me to talk about the uh, murders in Brussels that occurred yesterday and to find out what went on. If you missed any of the interviews this morning or any of the show, please go to the archives at NachumSiegel.com. New app being released on the uh, on that website, NachumSiegel.com. You can find out all the information about getting the app if you don't have it already. Uh, many devices, uh, depending on your system, have, uh, have the app, uh, the update being pushed already, so you should be able to get that. And uh, so my thanks to the guests, and you can catch anything that they uh, they had to say in the uh, in the archives if you missed it. Um, the great programming continues all day long today on the stream. Mayor Furtick will be in for Nachum Siegel tomorrow morning on uh, JM and the AM as Nachum takes off the day. Tomorrow is a federal holiday in the United States. And uh, he'll be on until 9 o'clock tomorrow. Mayor Furtick taking over the reins at JM in the AM. Following that, the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten and Arya Lightstone with Tech Talk. So make sure to keep it tuned, as it were, to the Nachum Siegel Network all the time. Get the app and uh, see how great that is. And it's a great way of uh, of keeping in touch with everything in the Jewish world. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me here on JM Sunday. We'll see you back here next week on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>